Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. A lot of you wanting to weigh in. 877-996-6369. Who would you put in the Monday Night Football booth now that CBS has paid $17 million plus per year to Tony Romo? Over $150 million guaranteed to Romo in uh, the years ahead. Congratulations to him. Perfect timing for his contract to be coming up at a time when CBS needs uh, big-time bona fides with the NFL to keep that television package. So as a result, ESPN not able to hire away Tony Romo, who they were prepared to pay up to $20 million a year to. I said you have to go to Peyton Manning and offer him potentially a Tony Romo deal. $17 million a year if you want to get a guy like that in the booth, I think Peyton Manning would be outstanding. Who would you go get? If you were playing fantasy, fill in the booth uh, right now. You are a television executive in charge of putting together this booth. I'm going to go to calls here momentarily, uh, but first I'll go around the horn with the crew. Who would you go with, Danny G? All right, I have a three-man booth for you, Clay. I'm going to grab Mike Tirico. You can't. Like, you can't just go get somebody who's under contract. Well, you said it's fantasy. No, no, but it's got to be somebody that theoretically you could get. Like, you can't, can't go you get. Can't you buy them out, though? You can't, no, no. You can't, like, say, oh, I'm going to go get Jim Nance and Tony Romo. <laughs> no, they just signed contracts with CBS. So you can't get them away. <laughs> so you can't go back and get Mike Tarico. He already left and went to NBC. He's eventually going to take over the Olympics and everything else. And I think uh, when Al Michaels eventually steps down, what they told him was you'll be able to call 
uh, you know, Sunday night football. Damn it, and for I'd people like out there, by the way, play. who don't think the NFL cares about this, you are insane. The NFL can sign off on who the broadcast partners are. You know, they they, they have to get like the okay uh, in order for them to be able to uh, to make these decisions. It matters to the NFL what the production quality of broadcasts is, which is why a guy like Romo has the value that he does. All right, so I'm, okay, well, I'm canceling out your attempt to hire somebody who's already under contract. Well, I'll have to rethink my play-by-play guy then. The other two I had in there, Peyton Manning, and Pat McAfee. Now, we had him on our show two Super Bowls ago, yeah. remember? Love his personality. He's funny, smart, and it would be great to have Peyton Manning paired with an idiot kicker. I think that would be that's not a bad. That's not a bad. Watch. That's not a bad combo. Uh, I don't know if they would want the risk associated with, uh, with McAfee, uh, who's more along the lines of somebody like me who might say something that, uh, that, that upsets people, but... I also think in this day and age where it's so difficult to get attention, I really like that combo. I think that's a solid combo. What about you, uh, Dub? What would your fantasy booth be if you had to fill Monday Night Football? I also have a fantasy trio. And the play-by-play, I like Joe Tessitore, so we'll stick with Joe in the booth there. And I also have Pat McAfee. I think he's a, a hilarious guy. He does a really good job on the college broadcast. And the third is a bit of a wild card for me, but hear me out. Because the game of football and the broadcasts, gambling has become a much bigger deal. And I think it will be a pretty major component of broadcasts in the future. I'm going to put Norm McDonald in there because he is an absolute degenerate gambler. He's hilarious. I think him and Pat McAfee would have a field day. And then Tessator or whoever's doing the play-by-play, it'd be kind of fun to have to see them rein those two in and I don't think obviously this is going to happen because Norm McDonald can sometimes go a little bit off the deep end but I think that would be a fantastic trio what about you uh Eddie Garcia who would you put in I would promote Chris Fowler to be my play-by-play guy I I, I love Kirk Herbstreet but I associate him so much with college football I would I would rather him be my number one college football guy uh, for my play-by-play, or for, excuse me, for my color analyst, uh, I'm going to go and see if Andrew Luck would like to stay oh, no, connected with the no, NFL. Why not? An, Andrew Luck's voice <laughs> is atrocious. Wait a minute. Don't just want to put put Norm MacDonald on the air. No, 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 no. Look, Norm MacDonald is a television professional already. (laughs) Do we have audio of Andrew Luck? Andrew, it's rare that I would say this. Andrew Luck's voice is so bad, you cannot put him on uh, as a broadcaster. It would be like listening to Patrick Mahomes for two hours. Yeah, there's certain voices. Come on. There's certain voices. You think Peyton Manning has great great. pipes? Come on. (laughs) No, Peyton Manning has a normal guy voice. No, he doesn't. Have a normal guy <laughs> no, he voice. doesn't. Peyton Manning does not have a normal. Maybe for a normal had, for Nashville, if Tennessee. Andrew Luck had my show. Our ratings would drop seventy-eight percent in the first year. Doesn't even matter what opinions he was giving. People would be like, "I can't listen to that guy talk for three hours." There's zero percent. Andrew Luck, I am vetoing. This is Wait the a worst minute. decision. This is, this is my, this is my select. And you I'm can't telling veto you it. That if you made the pitch to me, I would fire you. All right, Andrew if Luck is Bob my pick. Iger he still knows. Chapin, obviously, he still knows intimately And you pitched the me league. Andrew Luck as the voice of Monday Night Football. I would fire you on the spot for having bad decision making. Okay. No, so, right. I'm picking Andrew Luck. All right, no caller will be as bad as that suggestion we just got from Eddie Garcia. That's, that's Roberto, who would you put in? Uh, I like. I, I don't watch that much college football. When I do, I enjoy uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. So I'll move those guys up, and I'll add Payne Manning with them. 
Well, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a group. I mean, if you added Peyton Manning, so uh, I do think that'll get some talk uh, about the idea of Fowler Herb Street because you know that those guys are good. Um, I think the challenge is the challenge. Let me just say this: I think that ESPN has a lot of really good college football announcers. So I, I think that they could ease, it's more easy to move a guy over from college football. What I would say is maybe you go Jesse Palmer if you want to move somebody over from college football uh, to the NFL booth, if that's the play. I don't know what Herbstreet and, uh, and Fowler would say. I mean, it's certainly flattering if they got that opportunity, but I don't know what they would say. Uh, can we listen to Andrew Luck? This is who... Eddie Garcia wants you to listen to for three hours every night on the signature broadcast for Disney, ABC, and ESPN. Hello. It is certainly isn't how I uh, envision this or plan this, uh, but but I am going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life. I don't think you can put that guy on. I think it's you're the worst crazy. Voice. I there's think it's the there's worst nothing voice wrong in the with that. Of broadcast there is nothing wrong. He'll with start off with Hello. Andrew Luck. Hello. Uh, Andrew Luck, <laughs> worst voice in the history of broadcast oh television. Oh my God, you're I'm not crazy. even sure who close number you're, two is. You're insane. I, I, in fact, I know who the close number two is. It's Beth Mowens. But other than Beth Mowens, it's Andrew Luck and Beth Mowens for the worst voice in the history of broadcast His voice television. is no worse than Peyton Manning's voice. Play Peyton Manning's voice. Do we have Peyton Manning's voice? Peyton, first of all, Peyton Manning has such a good voice that he oh my is, God. That he is you- the best, <laughs> uh, that he is the best Hello. pitch man in the history of cut that meat he's the That's best Peyton Manning pitch right man there. in the history of Whoever television wrote that narrative can shove that one where the sun don't shine yeah. oh boy yeah yeah you want to listen to that better. you're crazy infinitely better tennessee bias to its core right there it's not a tennessee bias you're he is from baloney. new orleans hello all right awful decision by you let's go ahead and open up the phone lines does anybody else think that andrew luck has a good enough voice to be on am i wrong that just cutting him on monday night football based on is it racist of me to say that andrew luck's voice is not good enough to be on monday night football is that racist of me racist, but i think it might wrong. be racist i might be racist it might be racist of me everything's racist these days is it racist of me danny g to say that that andrew luck's voice is not good enough to be on monday night football yes racist. It is. Voice very racist of me voicist <laughs> yeah voices i think it might be racist it might it's possible that my racism against uh, white americans has just come out in the way that i just shot down andrew luck so quickly <laughs> be great based on his voice every every telecast with hello <laughs> yeah i mean in the same way you can't have patrick mahomes as the monday night football broadcaster with that voice like you can't listen to him either what do you think of? is it racist of me to shoot down andrew luck like that i mean i would watch and now it, i it, it would be so First of bad all, that it's everybody's good. gonna watch like it, like if you're a fan of that's the that's the the rub here on announcing crew there are lots of times that i put uh broadcasters on mute right if i am gambling i don't is anybody else, do you do the, you're a big gambler dub do you do this if i'm gambling and the side that i'm gambling on uh is losing i 100 percent go mute because i think that the announcers are just trying to make my bet feel worse and the same thing if my team is losing and, and I feel like the announcing team is just praising the other side for kicking my team's ass, I mute it in a heartbeat. Well, a lot, I do a lot of other things before I do that. I mean, I'm a very superstitious guy. I have to change a shirt, maybe go you know, grab a different kind of beverage, something like that. Uh, muting it is way down the list. I'm, I'm, I'm screwed if oh, I mute I mute, it. Oh, I mute announcers all the time when things aren't going my team's way. First of all, because generally speaking, I can tell what's going on in the game. I don't necessarily need to hear a, uh, a voice 
Um, but like, I, I honestly think if you just think about, I it, so the best broadcast crews, right? I you guys know I'm a big fan of Joel Klatt. He's a really good buddy of mine. Herb Street is a good friend as well, and I think he's fantastic. I think they're the two best college football announcers, right? In terms of color men uh, out there. I also think there's a lot of really good ones at ESPN for college football. I think Jesse Palmer's really solid. I think Jordan Rogers is really good. In fact, if you want a uh, a crew that I think is really outstanding uh, that could get elevated, I think Greg McElroy is really good. There are a lot of dudes out there that I think are very good in the college football space with ABC, ESPN, uh, you know Disney, however you want to classify it. So I think if they wanted to go to the college football side and call people up uh, to move them over to Monday Night Football, I think that's possible. I like Booger McFarland. I know people tee off on Booger McFarland. I think he's a good dude. Uh, I think he got put into a tough spot um, with that. You know, first year you're Jason Witten and and uh, Testator, and I like Witten too. By the way, I think he's a good dude. Um, and you put Booger on the Booger Mobile on the sideline, and then the next year you put him in the booth, and it just feels like. That's a that's a difficult transition, and I and I do think it's hard to go from not calling games like the Romo idea is pretty rare, where you go with a guy who's never called a game before, put him in the booth, make him your number one guy, and he just kills it from the get go. I think that that is going to be a rarity in terms of how good that a guy like Romo is in the booth. Uh, and by the way, I know I said we we're going to take some calls. Let me go ahead and get a couple of calls in here quickly, and then we'll fill out the calls on the back end here. But I think Romo being so good has artificially set the uh, set the possibilities and expectations for other new announcers. Who's up next? Who's up first? Travis in Korea. Oh, Korea. Let's see how this goes. First of all, I'm assuming, are you a, a soldier, Travis? Yes, sir. Appreciate the service. Where are you from originally? Uh, Maryland, sir. Nice. All right. So, uh, who would you hire uh, if you had the opportunity to make a hire? Um, so, I have two people for a play-by-play, uh, real quick. So, I'd try to get Brett Musburger out of retirement if you can get him. Oh, that if would he be says interesting. No, then you bring Chris. Fa- and if he says no, get Chris Fowler up from college. And then, uh, as an analyst, I'd, I'd like to hear uh, Randy Moss, and then put Pat McAfee as the uh, like Booger Mobile guy. Uh, that's good. Okay, thanks for the call. Thanks for the service again out of Korea. It's amazing that we can have a call from Korea that works flawlessly and people from Kentucky can't talk uh, ever call the show and have that work flawlessly. Um, I like that. That's not, a bad, that's not a bad group. If you had Randy Moss, Pat McAfee, and either – I love the idea of pulling Brent Musburger back out of – I mean, he's calling Raider games now in radio, and he sort of frustratedly, it feels like, left ESPN back in the day – I feel like pulling him out of retirement is an interesting move. Otherwise, Chris Fowler uh, would be, I think, a very smooth uh, selection there. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
with wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their yokohama test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be you know who had a good weekend? Tony Romo locks in $17 million a year guaranteed potentially for the next 10 years. 
$150 million plus contract. I'm not sure anybody in the world of sports had a better weekend than Tony Romo. We were just talking about what we would do uh, to fill in the uh, the broadcast booth if we were ESPN, given the fact that they have missed on Tony Romo. What is the next step for them? Lots of great suggestions. I'll just say this again. I don't know if they could get them, but what if you could get Peyton and Eli together? I don't know if they would do it, but if you could get Peyton Manning and Eli together in the booth and let them pick whoever they wanted the play-by-play to be, that potentially could be pretty phenomenal based on the rep, you know, the, the, the sort of the interaction that those guys have had over the years in their television commercials to have a couple of brothers going at each other throughout the course of the television broadcast. That would be pretty outstanding, I think. You get the huge celebrity angle. I don't know that you could get both of them, but that would be an angle that I would potentially try to play if I were ESPN to try to get both those guys uh, in the booth together, put them with whoever would be the best fit for what the tone of their broadcast would sound like. That would be a major star component show. What do you guys think about the idea of Peyton and Eli together? Danny G, good good thought on the Monday night broadcast to have Peyton and Eli together? I could see that working. Uh I guess it would all depend on who would be anchoring things as the play-by-play. I mean, I think they'd get to pick. What do you think about that, Dub? Based on their uh, sort of chemistry and obviously the fact that they've known each other for a long time, but also that we have a knowledge about their relationship together, how do you think that would work? I think it would work really well. Like you said, you know, people know – Eli and Peyton's story, obviously, and you know, there, there's they've had funny moments on their commercials they've done in the past. So I think it'd be uh, a pretty interesting broadcast for sure. Uh, what about you, Eddie? I'm not even sure we should ask your opinion after you tried to put Andrew Luck in the broadcast booth. But what do you think about that duo? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump on every opinion you have the show because of yeah. what you said about my Andrew Luck. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I think you'd be fired on the spot yeah. if you made that suggestion. One, one Manning is plenty. We don't need to. Uh, all right, so. The, I, 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 legit, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I legitimately believe the biggest story in sports over the weekend is Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, FaceTiming with, uh, with Mike Vrabel at the Syracuse and North Carolina game on, what was that, Saturday? Uh, does anybody dispute with me that the biggest story in the world of sports in terms of the thing that you were most interested in was them FaceTiming with uh, with uh, Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, and Mike Vrabel, Titans head coach. Does anybody doubt that? No, I, but it, it almost feels like Tom Brady is trolling us right now with everything that he does. We can, dispa- we can talk about what the impact is, but of all the things that happened in the world of sports over the weekend, the thing other than, other than Romo getting the $17 million, and that happened on Friday night, I am I was most intrigued by the by the Brady and Vrabel FaceTiming. Does anybody dispute that? Like of all the things that were out there, if you had to talk about one thing that happened over the weekend, I know there were XFL games. I know you could talk about LeBron and Zion. It's regular season NBA. I don't care about any of that stuff. To me, I'm way more interested in what Tom Brady is gonna do in free agency over the and, and so this thing. So I want to start here. I think it's strange that they did this. All right? I'm not a FaceTime guy. 
I FaceTime with my kids and with my wife when we're talking to the kids. I don't think I have ever, the only, I'm being honest about this. The only person who FaceTimes me, uh, other than my wife and my kids, is Matt Leinert. Matt Leinert is the only person who I know who, if you rather than have an actual phone conversation, he wants to FaceTime me. I don't FaceTime with anybody other than my wife and kids, except for Matt Leinert. Do you guys, I want to start with this question. Wife and kids are out of the equation. A lot, nobody else on the show has the wife and kids other than Roberto. But do you guys FaceTime with your male friends? So I'm going to give you girlfriend, right? Okay, probably want to see what your girlfriend looks like or some girl that you're dating if she's not your girlfriend. Do you talk to your male friends on FaceTime as opposed to text with them or talk on the phone? Hell nah. no. Okay, so, I mean, am I strange in this that I don't no. do that? Hell no. No, the last time a guy friend tried to FaceTime my phone, I thought somebody in his family died or something. Or that it had been, a, like, when Leinert FaceTimed me the first time, I thought it was a butt dial. I was like, oh, no, there's no way he's actually calling me another man to FaceTime with me. So, uh, so you don't, D- Danny G, you don't FaceTime people? No. What about you, it's Roberto? awkward. Other than your kids or your wife? Uh no, uh, just my sister. Sometimes she lives in San Francisco. Okay, That's about it. May- maybe a sister, but like not like one of your guy no, friends. No, no, no way. What about you, Dub? Because I understand. I've talked about this before, and I feel like it's somewhat generational. Do you Facetime your guy friends? So there are situations, and this all revolves around sports and betting. Where it'll be, you know, fourth quarter of a football game, and I got some a buddy. It's mainly one, the same guy, and I mean, he's an absolute degenerate. I love him, and we we, we may be on the same side of something, and it's crunch time. You know, thirty seconds left to go in a basketball game, and uh, I think it comforts him to you know have the FaceTime uh, there. But other than that, not really. (laughs) You, but you want to look at another dude while you're gambling on a game. I mean, I'm not necessarily I would looking understand. at the phone. Here's the thing. Like, for the FaceTime, if you if your friend calls and he's like, hey, I'm at the beach, you got to see this, right? Or, hey, I'm at this sporting event and this is unbelievable. You got to see the view of my seats. Like, theoretically, you could also take a picture and just text it. Maybe if there's something other than you, but I think it's... So, what about you, Eddie? Are you a I FaceTime with other guys that I'm friends with guy? I don't FaceTime with anyone, not even my wife. I don't know. I think it's a little bit strange that you don't FaceTime with your wife. All right. Well, I don't, so I guess I'm strange. Do you have FaceTime or do you have like a flip phone? No, I have an iPhone. All right. Uh, All right. So you're completely anti-FaceTime. Completely. All right. So my read on this, and again, I'm 40, so it's possible that I'm out of touch. Number one use of FaceTime for me is kids. Like 99% of the time that I FaceTime, it is with my kids. Like I'm out of town or, uh, you know, uh, it's almost always out of town, right? So I think for most parents, the number one use of FaceTime is with kids. Does anybody else think it's a little bit strange that Vrabel, who is whatever he is, like 45, 46 years old, and somebody look up how old Vrabel, maybe he's 48. I, I mean, he's not that much older than Brady. I think it's a little bit strange that he's FaceTiming with Edelman and Brady regardless of what they're talking about. 
Is this something that athletes do all the time? He's only Maybe 44. This, yeah, 44. Vrabel's only 44? Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. I knew he was not that. So, I mean, he's basically the same age as Brady then. All right. So, uh, does anybody else think it's a little bit strange, regardless of what the conversation was, that they were FaceTiming? I'm going to open up the phone line because I'm actually curious on what the uh, sort of ethical constraints or normal behavior is from a FaceTime perspective. This is a relatively new technology, right? How long has FaceTime existed? Like, remember back in the day when we watched Back to the Future 2 and they had, like, the television, uh, I mean, they had the video calls and we were like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. (laughs) Imagine if you could, instead of just having a phone call, if there was a video with it. And then it took, like, 20 years for it to happen and now we've got it on our phones and yep. like it's not really that you know like impressive of a thing in the grand scheme of things people are used to it but also 9 uh, years yes yeah, 9 years Steve Jobs introduced it June 2010 okay but it didn't work really well for how long like in 2010 people were not facetiming all the time like i would say this is something that's really only been in vogue for like the last I, five I, years. iOS device initially released January. January I know it might have been initially released, in, but it didn't work really well. Yeah, you're right. The cellular version was popular starting in 2012 and 2013, this says. All right. So, and, and I think it's really worked only as long as people have had really good Wi-Fi, right? So I would say the last five years is really where FaceTiming has taken off. And so the uh, sort of the ethics or the common sense usage of it, I would say is still relatively new, right? Like, so uh, so I'm curious how it's used. So when I saw this, so let me take a step back. When I saw this, I'm like, okay, this is not tampering. So people are, there's always like, oh, this is tampering guy. Like there's always guy who overplays everything. That's tampering. It's a contractual violation. The same way that there's always, you know, there's guys out there who oversell everything. There's always tax ramification guy. Like, so Tony Romo's getting $17 million now to call games for CBS and tax guy's going to be like, well, that's only 10 million after taxes. Yeah, thanks, guy. Everybody knows that people pay taxes, all right? And by the way, it's like $400,000 after Bernie Sanders' tax codes go into effect. So that's tough for Tony Romo. It makes $17 million, 16.6 of it's going to go for taxes uh, if Bernie Sanders gets uh, elected. But don't need tax code guy out there, right? Tax code guy always jumps in. Trade clause guy, right? Like this is particularly the case in social media. You're like, hey, you know what? I think that so-and-so should get traded for so-and-so. And immediately no trade clause guy like just parachutes into the conversation. Yeah, hey, he's got a no trade clause. Like, okay, guy. Okay, Mr. You know, reading every word of the contract. We don't need you. Like, I swear to God, if you want to just be, if you just want to have fun, like go on Facebook or go on Twitter and suggest a trade and see how long it takes for no trade clause guy to just parachute right into the comments. Like, dude, calm down. Or, you know, like, uh, again, there are all these guys like that show up on social media. The tax guy, tax guy's got to come in and remind everybody, no matter what happens, well, you know, after taxes, that's only, yeah. Everybody knows there's taxes, big guy. You know, like, there's tax guy, there's no trade clause guy, and... uh, Grammar guy. Well, grammar guy, I don't mind because it, it, I do automatically discount 99% of your opinion if you use the wrong your in your take with me. 
Like, if you don't know the difference between Y-O-U-R and Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, I'm not kidding. I judge you, and I cut out 99% of the validity of whatever opinion you have because I'm like, this dude hasn't mastered third-grade grammar. There's no way he's going to be right about, like, uh, the coronavirus. All right? I'm sorry. If if you told me right now, uh, who do you trust, the guy who can use your correctly describing the coronavirus or the guy who can't, I'm going with the guy who can use your correctly on analyzing the coronavirus. It's a rough uh, IQ test for me. All right? So, uh, so the, 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 the play here on the contracts, I'm not as focused on of whether this is a contractual violation. But I thought... Uh, there are several different ethical things in play here. One is, you know, the FaceTime. Two is the guy, whoever it is, who zooms in on another person's phone conversation and makes this video phone call go viral, right? I mean, because uh, because if with Edelman and Brady talking to Vrabel, that guy who zoomed in behind them in the bleachers and saw it, if because if that guy just says... Right, like if that guy calls into our show and says, "Hey, I saw uh, I was sitting behind Brady and Edelman at the Syracuse UNC game, and you're not going to believe this, but they were FaceTiming with Mike Vrabel during the game." None of us believe it, right? Does anybody believe it if a guy calls in and says that, and there's not video evidence of it? No, I mean that sounds crazy, right? I mean it sounds like just something that's that's too ludicrous. I remember um, this is a different story, but the University of Tennessee, when they were hiring a replacement for Phil Fulmer, they were considering Lane Kiffin, and Lane Kiffin FedExed a package direct to Mike Hamilton's house with uh, like a bunch of clippings on why he should be the next coach at the University of Tennessee. And Mike Hamilton was like, oh my God, the FedEx guy is going to tell everybody, but nobody believed the FedEx guy because they were like, do you really think Lane Kiffin would be dumb enough to FedEx a package to the athletic director's house talking about how he wanted to be the next coach of the University of Tennessee with his name on the return address? They're like, there's no way that that was real, right? But it was real but nobody would believe it. Like that's kind of the way I would think if somebody called in and said Vrabel was FaceTiming with these guys. But it's amazing. It definitely makes you think that the relationship between Vrabel and Brady is really a, a, a pretty good one if they're having a random FaceTime conversation during a basketball game. And I would suspect maybe it was Julian Edelman who called Vrabel. It's possible that it was Edelman who called him as opposed to Brady. But I would think that almost 100%, even if they're razzing each other or going back and forth, that has to be connected in some way to the free agency because we saw the video that also went viral of Edelman saying he's coming back and Brady saying, I'm not. Did you see that video that like also got a lot of attention? Moreover, I still don't understand why they went to the UNC and Syracuse game either. Like that in and of itself was also crazy. So phone lines are open 877-996-6369. So I want to know what you thought about it. Do you think it's strange on the video? Did it make you believe that it was more likely that Brady could end up with the Titans? I'm going to be honest with you. It did make me think it's even more likely that Brady could end up with the Titans because it reinforced the relationship between Brady and Vrabel. 
And I think if Brady breaks up with Bill Belichick, what happens a lot of times when you break up with somebody? You want to go the completely opposite direction with your next relationship. If you break up with a girl and she's way too clingy, then the odds that you end up with a clingy next girlfriend are really low. Very often, you are going to go in the exact opposite direction. If you dated a brunette, you might go blonde. If you were with the redhead, you might go brunette, whatever. It's unlikely that you're going to end up with the same person the next time you start dating, right? If you have broken up the relationship. I think having worked for Bill Belichick as long as he has, Brady wants a coach that he really likes, that he knows is in his corner 100% that he's going to have a phenomenal relationship with. That's Vrabel. So I'm not saying Brady's going to break up with Belichick. In fact, I still think the most likely outcome is Brady stays in New England. But if he is going to leave, I think he's going to want the anti-Belichick. And I think the anti-Belichick is a guy like Vrabel, who he's buddies with, that he doesn't have to worry about playing mind games on him all the time, that he knows is 100% in his corner. You ever notice how guys get married second time if you're a really successful guy? How much of a cliche is it that a guy marries his secretary? Guy who's at the office, he's working all the time, he's got a wife at home who's yapping in his ear, who's complaining all the time. How often do you see the affair with the secretary and then sometimes the marrying of the secretary? Do you know why that is? It's because he wants the complete opposite of what he already has. And he thinks, if I marry my secretary, this woman is just going to make my life so easy. Now, the truth of the matter is, once you marry your secretary, I'm sure she's in your ear yapping and complaining all the time too because she doesn't work for you anymore. She's now your wife. And you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to have to deal with all this noise and all this complaining I'm going to have now this secretary who's just making my wife, uh, making my life perfect. And the reality is she's not your secretary anymore. She's your wife and she's complaining all the time. And then you move on and get the new secretary. It's always the story. You know, when you, when you, when you marry the mistress, it opens up a new uh, roster spot. It's a new, new spot for the new side chick. Probably happens a lot. All right. So, but the point is you oftentimes go different direction when you end a relationship and go in a completely different direction with the new one. And I think that could be what's going on here with Brady if he ends up with Vrabel. But the FaceTiming makes me believe it's more likely that Brady's going to go to the Titans because I don't think you're FaceTiming with some random guy that you rarely talk to. I think this is a conversation that's happening fairly regularly. Danny G, when you saw this video... Uh, of the video face FaceTime chat, yeah. did you also think it was more likely that Brady's going to the Titans? Well, the only reason that I feel like it strengthens the Brady to Titans talk is because Brady looked so uncomfortable next to Edelman. His body language seemed like he wanted to exit stage left and kind of get away from him. And I do think Edelman FaceTime Vrabel kind of like single white male, like, dude, you're not stealing my boy. Yeah. And that that's they were going back and yes. forth with that. I chat. think that is by far the most likely scenario for what happened here. Stalker. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, but that also makes me think that 
the Brady to the Titans possibility is even more likely. Would you agree with that dub? I mean, I don't know. They might just be messing with everybody. You know, they, some people do that because they know that everyone's going to see them on the FaceTime at the Syracuse game. I don't know, possibly. I mean, we already knew that they were, you know, pretty close, good friends. So I'm not sure that a FaceTime call necessarily sways my opinion one way or the other. What about you? Uh, what about you, Eddie? You've had a lot of awful opinions. Can you redeem yourself so far today? Well, I don't know about that. I think I've had some great opinions, but I would say slightly, slightly better as far as the chances of him going to Tennessee. What a about you? Bit. Yeah, I, I agree. What about you, Roberto? I think they're just trolling everybody. All right. So open phone lines. The first question that we're gonna uh, the first question that I want to get out of everybody is: Does it seem strange to you at all that this is a FaceTime conversation? Like, why couldn't they just call on the phone if you want to talk on the phone? Uh, do you FaceTime with your buddies? Uh, normal conversation. I'm not talking about your wife, girlfriend. I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about just you and your buddies. Do you FaceTime? Uh, 877-996-6369. And do you agree that this, in your mind, makes it more likely that Brady potentially is headed to the Titans if he leaves the Patriots. That's been my argument from the get-go, that if he leaves the Patriots, he's going to end up on the Titans. 877-996-6369. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Bit of news that's out there in the NFL universe. The Jacksonville Jaguars have franchise tagged Yannick Nigo- oh, I just screwed it up. I had it in my head to not screw it up. How do you pronounce it? You were so close. Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe. I just forgot how to pronounce it. So Yannick Ngakwe has been uh, franchise tagged, and uh, he tweeted, the Jags are aware I no longer have interest in signing a long-term contract in Jacksonville. Duvall, I love you and gave you guys everything I got. I'm thankful for the journey and look forward to continuing my career elsewhere. So uh, a lot of drama down in Jacksonville where it seems like a lot of guys, and obviously last year the story was Jalen Ramsey demanding his way out. Now Yannick Ngakwe is uh, franchise tagged and wants out. Now it's worth remembering, you can franchise tag a guy and then trade him to a team where he can work on a long-term extension. So uh, as the uh, free agency gets closer and free agency officially begins on the 18th of March, so a couple of weeks from now, but the negotiation period begins two weeks from uh, Sunday, right? Uh, The 15th is when the negotiation officially can get underway. And so... Uh, but in the meantime, the uh, the teams have the opportunity to franchise tag players. And just FYI, when does the franchise tag window run out? Like March 8th? One of you guys will look that up if you would and let me know when. I think there's like a week, uh, this week potentially, where teams are allowed to franchise tag players and then the franchise tag runs out, that window runs out. What's the time frame on that? Anybody got the official date? where you have to notify a, a player if you're going to franchise yeah, tag him? the window closes on March 12th. March 12th. Okay, so longer term than I thought. So there's lots of frenzied negotiations going on. And the one complicating factor here as well is we don't know if in the final year of the CBA, which is right now, the uh, franchise tag and the transition tag 
are both usable, which means that theoretically you could restrict two players from being able to go anywhere. Uh, But if the players ratify the CBA, then the new CBA would take effect and you would only have the ability to franchise tag. That, for instance, could be a factor for a team like the Titans, which has a free agent at quarterback in Ryan Tannehill and a free agent at running back. In an ideal world, I think they would like to franchise and transition tag both Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, And there are other teams that have that possibility out there. And again, just because you franchise tag a guy doesn't mean that he's going to be on your team for sure. You can still trade him and move him on. All right, I teased this. The best answer given to any question at the Combine the entire week. I believe we have audio of this. Who is this guy, by the way? Uh, uh, Danny G? This is Trey Adams. Trey Adams. I believe he's an offensive lineman. Uh, he was asked, well, did we have the question as well as his response? Yeah, it's QA. All right, here we go. Listen to this. If you can change anything about yourself, what would it be? Uh, Do we have to bleep the whole thing there? Well, first he dropped a Shih Tzu and then... Okay. Yeah, and then a Dick Cheney. So he was asked if he could change anything about himself. He said he would want a bigger Dick Cheney. Yes. In a public (laughs) forum, you can change anything Uh, about yourself. Trey Adams, uh, deadpans. I I mean, that is absolutely phenomenal. We used to have this conversation. I need to get Jeff Schwartz on again this week. But they literally measure every body part except for the penis at the NFL Combine. I'm not kidding about this. Like, they, they, they measure and publicly release everybody. You heard all the talk about, like, Joe Burrow's hands. They measure everything. It's an ultimate meat market, and the only thing they don't measure at the Combine is your penis size. I mean, I'm not kidding about that. Like, literally, your, your thighs, your foot, your hand, your head, your height, like, every single thing. They don't measure your penis. What if that's, what if that's the secret measurement that guarantees whether or not you're going to be a successful quarterback or not. That's an argument I make every year. What if every Super Bowl winning quarterback has had the exact same penis size and we've just been missing it all this time because it's the only thing that doesn't get measured or big horse balls. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be If you haven't heard any of the wins and losses podcast yet, here is a big discussion that we had. Art Bryles, over an hour, talking with me, a former Baylor coach. We talked about a lot of his coaching career, but in particular, we dove into everything surrounding his firing at Baylor. Here is that part of the conversation. It begins now. I'm going to take you back in time to like the the offseason of 2015, were you conscious of what was coming and and of the storm clouds that were gathering, or were you totally blindsided by this? 
I, I can say that, you know, just completely blindsided. And I, I really think all of us were, you know, administration, everything, uh, in, including the university, you know, and maybe even the Board of Regents who, uh, you know, I think were put in a situation they certainly weren't prepared for. And I think that's, you know, shown its, its tail. But, you know, we just, at that time in 2015, in the summer of 2015, you know, we, they were just investigating. We felt like when they came in, we were told, Sam's situation, you know, and Sam was a guy that transferred from Boise. Chris Peterson actually called me, you know, and asked me to take Sam. He said, I've got this guy that, you know, insubordinate, you know, he won't come to practice, he won't stay around, he's a good player, he's from Houston, you know, and I think, you know, Baylor's a good place for him because I've known Chris and, you know, been on a couple of trips with him and his wife, and um, so he felt like, you know, he knew me, he thought we'd be a good place for him, so we you know, I said, yeah, we'll, we'll look into it. So we checked into it with this high school coach at Pearland, Texas, uh, Tony Heath, and, you know, Coach Bennett. You know, we had a couple of players on the team that had played with him. We talked to them, and, um, you know, everything checked out. But, you know, Sam, at the end of the day, you know, uh, he never played a down for us. You know, once he got investigated and had an allegation, and we, we pulled him out and held him out of everything, and, um and so that's that was what that was all about at that time. And I, I might and, and not let me, be, let me I want to I want to talk about Sam for a sec because I do think this is a this is an important detail. And a lot of times people have their names out there, and you know the initial onslaught of coverage. And sometimes I can be guilty of this because I'm in the media and everybody's talking about stories. This was a really complicated case, and I'm just going to give a background here for people who don't know. Uh, he was charged with uh, sexual assault. He was found guilty. Then the conviction was overturned. He got a new trial. Then the conviction, I think, was reinstated. And then it was reversed again in July of 2019. So ultimately, I believe I'm correct in this, he was not convicted of any crime. Am I, and, but that's like a five-year process that this thing went on, right? Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it's a no crazy doubt. story I'm, that it went on for five years, this investigation into sexual yeah. assault. And ultimately, he was found not to have committed a crime even though, obviously, this was a big part of the story that led to your ouster and the quote-unquote scandal that surrounded Baylor Athletics. So that's that's one of the stories that's out there that I don't think a lot of people know. No, and that's it's just, you know, it's it's a shame for, first of all, that for him and, you know, it, the alleged victim, you know, that it's, it's a shame they were both caught in that situation. And, but it just, you know, it kept Sam from uh, fulfilling his, athletic career no doubt you know he did end up staying there and graduate from college and you know never had another another incident to my knowledge but it's so uh, he graduated from baylor have you talked to him recently i really haven't no i haven't uh, yeah. but i i think he's living in houston and, and working somewhere okay and then another one that i think is a big part of this scandal and i'm curious if you've had any relationship with him was sean oakman who was an all-american defensive end would have been i think you can speak to this much better than i can potentially a first round caliber talent he was arrested on charges of sexual assault and then he was found not guilty of the charges against him but it took three years for those charges to be found not guilty and if i remember correctly the jury only deliberated for like a really short time. That feels like it was in many ways, and again, I'm wearing my lawyer hat here, a miscarriage of justice. And let me explain to people who are listening to me out there. I believe if you're charged with a crime by uh, a district attorney 
and the jury goes out and they deliberate for like 45 minutes and they unanimously find you not guilty after three years of you having been charged with a crime, that's a sign of prosecutorial misconduct in my mind because that jury listens and they immediately say, no, there's not anything here. And honestly, there's a guy playing for the Denver Broncos now that I pay attention to, uh, I believe A.J. Johnson from Tennessee, who was also found not guilty in like 45 minutes after being dragged through something for years. And I'm not saying any of these situations are in any way great for the alleged victims or the victims and any kind of situations like this. But I'm just saying if a jury listens for 45 minutes and says, nah, this guy's unanimously not guilty, something was wrong on the prosecutorial side. But the reason why I bring these up with you, Art uh, Bryles, and we're talking on the Wins and Losses podcast is, Two cases that were cited as evidence of why you needed to lose your job and why Baylor was out of control both ended ultimately in not guilty verdicts. What do you know about Sean Oakman? What kind of relationship do you have with the guy? Because I watched the video. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, it was hard for me as a dad to watch that and see him crying after the not guilty verdict and saying not that he was talking about himself, but how bad he felt for Baylor football because he felt responsible for part of the scandal and he didn't feel like he had done anything wrong. It was it was really tough. You know, it, it was really hard at the time when they, uh, um, you know, said that, that, you know, Sean had done that. It actually happened in the – it happened like a, two weeks before the NFL draft, I believe, and it was in April of 2016. And uh, I can remember it vividly. He actually had graduated uh, that December, so he was he was a you know a, a good graduate. student. He was just yeah. I mean, and honestly, the first graduate in his family's uh, history. So that that was some that was something that you know if I ever had anything that I wanted to hang my hat on, it was first generational graduates. You know, that was one thing I always stressed our guys. And while I was at Baylor, we were either first or second in Big Twelve in graduation rate, and we actually had the highest GPA in the the history of the university in the spring of 2016. But when that when that happened with Sean, he was just living there in Waco, working out, getting ready for the draft, and it was just it was just devastating, you know, because like you mentioned, it was another you know case on top of the case with the Sam case, and and we did have a guy that was convicted in 20 you know 12 or 13. Uh, you know that is did serve time. He's actually the only one that ever. You know, got convicted of any player that ever coached. And once I found out he was, you know, uh, in in a case, we you know we dismissed him from the program. And actually, the university let him stay in school. And he ended up transferring to another university, but never finished there. But anyway, the deal with Sean was just it was awful. You know, I was in Italy actually coaching. Uh, I think this just happened like about a year ago when he you know, got the not guilty call. I yeah, it wasn't my, until my, February of 19. He was arrested in April of 2016, and it was almost three years later that he was finally found not guilty of that charge. Yeah, I, I can remember I was over in Italy with, uh, you know, I had a couple, three players that had played at Beta over with me, and a couple of them coaching, and, or a couple playing, one of them coaching. And, uh, you know, this one guy kept up with uh, Sean. Him and Sean were buddies, so... You know, uh, I actually talked to Sean on the phone. You know, after after he was exonerated, and it was he was just, you know, just just uh, tearfully happy. You know, I mean, just relieved. And you can imagine the three years, you know, that he went through. Because to answer your question initially, yeah, he he was a first round talent, no doubt. You know, and so that's, but that to me is that's inconsequential to you know what it does to it to his name. 
and his, uh, you know, and what it does to your soul. I mean, that that's where it hits you, you know, because you can always, um, you know, maintain and and fight on. But I'm telling you, when when you get when you get your soul dragged into it and get that that put on you, it's a uh, it's a hard hard uh, hard thing to live with and a hard hard burden to to carry. So he he carried that for three years wherever where he went. You know, people are looking at him. They're saying that that guy's guilty of the sexual assault. You know, until he got exonerated. But um, you know, so I'm I'm happy that that it that he was innocent, and now I'm happy that I think he's playing the XFL now out in L.A. And hopefully he has. I mean, to me, so this is again me me kind of putting my lawyer hat on here. Um, and but I'm also I think in a unique spot because I'm in the media. And so in the media, you are obligated uh, in the culture we live in to have opinions, right? I'm in the opinion business. And so every day you look at the evidence and you have an opinion. But a lot of times it's very surface level based opinions. And especially when legal issues are concerned, I try to dive into it, right? Because I, I, this is my legal background, maybe training, and I've worked in the criminal justice system and I know how complicated these cases are. And it bothers me in a big way as soon as a guy's name is attached to a sexual assault, a lot of people immediately say that guy is guilty. That guy's an awful human being. And they just throw the book at him. And Sean Oakman to me is a great example of this because three years it takes him to actually get the opportunity to appear in front of a court. And when a jury of his peers actually hears all the evidence, they immediately basically agree unanimously. This is not a sexual assault. There's no case here. But most people never even hear that, right? Because you know oh. this. The initial headline comes out of the sexual assault, and then the sports media disappears, right? Because we're not yeah, good, sports good, media. Good news don't sell, Clay. Good news doesn't sell, but also because we're not, most of the time, sports media members qualified to then follow court cases unless you're a superhuman star, right? Like Ray Lewis or Mike Tyson or somebody that is of that ilk where it's going to be, or Aaron Hernandez for that case, where the case is actually going to be covered on television. The Sean Oakmans of the world, people just vanish. Like the A.J. Johnsons in Tennessee, and all that's left is that scarlet letter, right? People remember the charge. They oftentimes don't remember the exoneration. And I try to share these things. And I'm not saying I was perfect in the way that I talked about the Baylor case, because the other thing, Coach, and you know this, is if you're a guy and you defend somebody who is charged with a crime like this, then people come after you and they say, oh, look at that guy. And people worry about getting tarred and feathered. They worry about the mob coming after them. And so there's got to be a villain. And we just walked through. You said there was one guy who committed crimes and ended up graduating from from Baylor. But the big ones that got a lot of attention are Sam Ukawachu, whose name I might be mispronouncing, and Sean Oakman, who were both ultimately found not to have committed crimes. And yet for all of that... The Baylor president loses his job. The athletic director loses his job. And you lose your job. Um, and I want to say this. I believe the athletic director is an athletic director somewhere now, right? I know he got another athletic directing job. Uh, and also, right? And also, uh, he was out of work for six months. And then also, and this is crazy to me, Ken Starr, uh, who a lot of people will recognize the name, even if they didn't remember that he was the president of Baylor, he is one of Donald Trump's defenders in the Senate. The president of the United States of America hires Ken Starr to represent him 
arguing in the well of the Senate against impeachment, which is arguably, arguably the single most important job that any lawyer can have in America. And I didn't hear hardly anybody even mention the Baylor incident. But you, coach, are not allowed to coach in the CFL and you aren't allowed. A lot of people didn't want you to coach. Now you're coaching in high school football. Why do you think you ended up the one guy who was in that room uh, in, in the Baylor sort of administration who was untouchable and everybody else seems to be able to get jobs? I think everybody on your staff got jobs. Why do you think that happened? Fortunately, everybody did end up uh, getting a job. And Clay, that, I, if I could answer that question, I would, uh, you know, I would certainly uh, breathe a lot smoother these days. It's just, it, it's mind-boggling to me, quite honestly. I mean, uh, if you're the, you know, if you're the leader of a program or you're the captain of the ship or however you want to say it, you know, then then that's that's where the the blame's going to go. I think a, a couple of telling facts are is that. You know, once they dismissed me, um, you know, the whole staff stayed intact, you know, for the whole next year. They got paid and they worked there and stayed the whole the whole next year. So it wasn't like it was a culture of bad, you know, characters and bad people and stuff that was going on, you know. I mean, they just – I think they needed uh, somebody that they could, uh, you know, point it to. Uh, I'm not – and – do you feel you know, like I'm you were? Do you feel like you were the fall guy? I don't. I don't think there's any question. You know, and uh, you know, it's like I said, it, it's a situation where I'm. I'm. I'm not trying to sway somebody's opinion, but I think if you do study the facts, you know, that are involved in the in the Baylor scandal or situation or whatever you want to call it, then I and and as they start coming out more and more, just like we had a deposition. A, you know, a couple of weeks ago with one of the board of regents who said Coach Biles was not dismissed for mishandling any uh, sexual conduct, uh, sexual cases. And, I, I, you know, I told the lawyer that did the deposition, I said, well, you'd have a hard time getting America to believe that. You know, um, you know, it's, but that's it, coming from a board of regents mouth. Yeah, it's just it's mind boggling to me. And I believe I'm correct in this. Baylor's legal counsel sent a letter to you saying specifically that you did not fail or discourage victims from reporting to law enforcement or university officials, that basically your behavior, as if people wanted somebody to be responsible here, but Baylor itself in its own investigation cleared you, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, 1,000%. And then, you know, all the way through, I never talked to a victim, never text with a victim, never did anything my entire nine years at Baylor and, well, eight football seasons and nine springs and – you know, they had access, the Pepper Hamilton, Baylor officials, everybody had access to everything that I ever did because I had one phone the whole time I was there. They got a hold of it, took everything out of it, had one computer, did everything out of my computer. And, you know, so it's, you know, um, so it was pretty transparent from that end, you know. And um, so I don't know. It, it's been, a, it's been a, a situation where I've just tried to, you know, keep a real positive attitude. You know, I, I feel extremely, you know, bad and, and hurtful for, you know, girls and, and people that were victimized during my time there. But, you know, uh, it's, sadly, that's just, you know, kind of the way the world is today, you know, and I hate to say that, but that's that's just a reality. I mean, it, it's a, it's, the world's in a situation where, 
you know, if you're not very, very protective of, of yourself and your around, then, you know, something, you know, bad could happen. But that's just, just the way it is today. So, um, you know, like I said, I feel, I feel, you know, terrible for the things that went on while I was there. But when you look at the facts of the situation and how we handled them, even without, you know, the preparation that we had, and the whole time I was there, I was never given any direction on how to handle any discipline at all in any situation. We didn't get Title IX until November of 2014. Um, you know, and nobody ever directed me on anything. So, um, you know, we just kind of did the best with what we had. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, some, some border regions felt like that wasn't good enough. And I think they felt pressured into making a change. And, you know, I was the guy to do the change with. Um, I just didn't know that they were you know, that it would go to the next level to where, you know, I would be, uh, I guess you could just say, unhireable in many situations right now. So when you lost your job, were you stunned that it had gotten to that level? Did you have any indication that you were going to be? And by the way, it wasn't just you who lost their jobs. Ken Starr lost his job as president of the university because the larger investigation revealed issues that weren't unique to football that were related to Baylor in general. Um, and, uh, and, and, and also the athletic director, but like I just said, those guys get, you know, got another AD job and Ken Starr is representing Donald Trump in the well of the Senate during the impeachment trial. And yet you can't coach in the CFL. I, I would to ask you, ask your question. Was I shocked? Just completely, completely shocked. It was, uh, you know, I it was made a 26, 2016, you know, and I'm in there meeting actually with Todd Graham and two of his offensive staff guys that come from Arizona state, uh, to talk offensive football on a Thursday morning uh, about, it was about seven thirty in the morning and he and AD. And, you know, we just had a meeting with the board of, of select board of regents two nights earlier. I asked for a meeting because uh, one of my friends that was on the board told me they had a straw vote in Houston the Friday before. And he said, Coach, it doesn't look good. You know, he said, and actually said, I failed you miserably. I had to leave and go back to a, a regents, I mean, a uh, board of directors meeting in Dallas. Another guy that was on the board that was uh, kind of a friend of mine was in California at the time and wasn't at the meeting. He said, it done me good. And I said, you telling me they're going to they're gonna let me go and not even give me an opportunity to talk to them? He said, well, you can make this call, this call, so you can get something together. So I did. And I got me, me and Ian in front of the select board of regents, select group of board of regents. This and, is your athletic director at the time? Yes, sir. Yeah, Ian McCall. And, and a great man. Just one of the best ever. Um, and so... You know, we did that meeting Tuesday, and I was I was worried. You know, I was I was really worried about Ian and some others. I mean, I'd had a person on staff come in and who'd, who'd gone a wall for three days, and you know, contemplating, you know, not carrying on. And so it was a uh, it was a really really uh, intense time. You know, because of all the pressure that we're getting as a university and, and as a football staff, and me particularly as a head football coach. So. And Ian was getting a lot of it. And, and like I said, there's not a better person that I've ever been around than Ian McCall. And um, so I was worried about him. And I, we go meet Tuesday, and I hear nothing on Wednesday. You know, I, I, you know, I want to check on him and say, hey, he's doing I call, no response. He doesn't call me back. It's extremely uncommon. Um, and then I get a call from him the first morning. He says, Coach, uh, 
uh, what you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm in here missing with these guys. And I said, are you okay? You know, he said, yeah, he says, I'm, I'm fine. But he says, um, they're, they're going to let you go. That is a part of our long-form conversation with Baylor head coach Art Bryles, who I think was absolutely railroaded by a mob of people who wanted there to be a football villain. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.